Welcome back to another special feature. Paige here to talk about Misery, which is a movie I just love with my whole heart. Misery is a psychological thriller that was released in 1990 based on a book written by Stephen King of the same name. It stars Kathy Bates and James Caan, this movie actually being Kathy Bates' first film having transitioned over from theater acting. And if I could sum it up, I would just say that this movie is buck wild. Um, And I mean that in the absolute best way, too. I love this movie. I also really love the book. It might be my favorite Stephen King book, but definitely top five. They're both very different. They're both incredible. But I am here just to talk about movies, so if you haven't seen it, I would say that even after all this time, it holds up and you should absolutely go see it. I think you can rent it on Amazon Prime or Hulu or even buy it for like $6 somewhere, (laughs) maybe less if you hit up a thrift shop. Part of the reason that Misery holds up so well over the last 30 years is in part due to one, like the small town set design. It's still totally believable that people could live in these environments in the mountains of these small towns. Um, The acting is amazing, specifically on the part of Kathy Bates. She's incredible. And the practical effects are so freaking good that it will still make you cringe. You, even if you haven't seen it, you probably know exactly what I'm talking about. But Most importantly, that I believe that this movie holds up because of the relevance and the statement that it makes of the problems with toxic fandoms, which is still prevalent today. And right now you may be thinking like, okay, this is a stretch to go from like a woman keeping her favorite author locked in her spare room in her home to modern times shitty bullying fandom on the internet today. But I promise the thread is there. So I don't know, just stay with me here. In Misery, Annie Wilkes is obsessed with Paul Sheldon. She claims that she is his biggest fan. She has every Misery book that he's ever written and an autographed photo from Paul on display in her home, and she's even named her favorite pig Misery. So she had happened to be doing some light stalking when she saw him leave a resort in Colorado that he usually writes at. One thing leads to another, and here he is waking up in her spare bedroom with two broken legs, ribs, arm, and just a series of other injuries. She particularly is so excited to have him there at first, and she is even currently reading his most recent misery novel. Well, naturally, for her, I guess, naturally, shit goes south when she learns that Paul Sheldon has killed misery in the book. She is not about to let that happen. She actually forces him to write a new Misery book because she feels betrayed. She feels like there's no way Misery could die. This isn't fair. It's definitely, it's not going to happen. She's not going to let it happen. So she lets Paul know that she's actually been lying to him um, and has not been contacting anyone or trying to get him home. And he will not be leaving her house until he writes a new novel that she loves called Misery's Return which, I mean, obviously he has to do. So from the very beginning, she's extremely involved in the writing of this novel, reading his first chapters and coming in and letting him know that that would not fly because she knows everything about misery. And the new book didn't make sense to the old books and it needed to be more accurate to be believable. I mean, is anyone seeing or feeling the relevance to the last few years yet? Because pretty prominent here for me. She makes him rewrite it and even comes in throughout the book writing process and tells him that 
exactly what she has hopes for for different characters. So Paul is, you know, creating what he can do to make her happy and keep her happy all while trying to figure out how the hell to escape this place. This truly holds up because it still happens today. While people hopefully aren't locking artists or filmmakers or writers, etc. in their spare rooms and holding them hostage, they are sending them death threats on social media. They are releasing their home addresses. They are shaming them. They are creating petitions to redo things like episodes of TV shows or, you know, book endings or anything like that. And if you want me to get more specific, I can just send you a few very popular examples. Um, There was a petition actually to redo the last Game of Thrones episode because so many people didn't like it. Or Ryan Johnson was sent death threats over the Star Wars The Last Jedi movie. Like he said, it's just shocking. He knew people may be upset, but like death threats, you guys? And even people like Lizzo and Lena Dunham, who are very, you know, body positive and, and not ashamed of who they are, were getting sent off of Twitter because people were constantly trolling and shaming them for accepting their bodies. I'll even take it a step further. And there are brands and sometimes filmmakers and other forms of creators that actually have changed their projects to try and reflect what audiences are shouting at them. And in my opinion, making more shit, you know, looking at you, Suicide Squad. And it's, it, it's just stripping away any kind of creativity or authenticity or, or any kind of like ability for an artist to create art that makes them feel proud because they're trying to adhere to what the demands of potentially even a small but loud group of people are shouting at them. What I have to say to you about that, toxic, toxic Annie Wilkes of the world, no matter how much you like something, if you did not create it, you do not own it. And if you think it's appropriate to shame people for playing characters in a movie or to send a quick death threat or to protest and petition to fire or shame people out of jobs because you don't like the creative choices that are being made, you're a terrible fucking person, right? You're metaphorically locking these people in your spare room and you're holding them hostage. Honestly, I could talk all day about Misery Forever, and I actually had the opportunity to guest on the podcast Two Chicks and a Horror Flick with my great friends, Tani and Felicia. So if you'd like to actually dive deep into Misery more with the three of us, we go all in. And I seriously had so much fun, and I even got a little drunk by the end of it there. And I would love if y'all wanted to check it out. You know, as always, thanks for listening, and we will catch you next time.